Today on Ultra 64, from the people who brought you Search and Expedition and Sojourn, comes Quest 64. Yay! Hello everybody, welcome to Ultra 64, we are the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. We are playing through every game on the Nintendo 64 in some random order. And I am your host Woody Siskowski and with me always is... Steve Guntley. And we just decided to mix it up because we needed something to make this game slightly more interesting. Just anything. And I mean, you know, and and we are always thinking up ways to increase listenership and things like that. I was thinking recently we should have like a cliffhanger episode. Like one of these should just end with one of us possibly dying. Oh, wow. And then one of us might I, be I nominate you. Okay. That's, all right. Okay. Well, uh, don't spoil it. we got to oh, let it develop yeah, organically, right. you know. But We need um, to introduce a third character and then like kill them off I in think the we need, course yeah, of the episode. Yeah. Where, where's Lindsay? <laughs> um, Recurring character, Lindsay Pennington. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we played Quest 64. Um, yeah, we sure did. Before before we get too much into this game, let's... I want to stage a little debate here, Steve. Okay, let's do it. Um, do you want to be on pro or con? Oh, well, I'm not I can, telling guess, you what I can the, guess the way this is going to unfold, so I'm going to take the challenging position and say pro. Well, we're, we're not getting into quality. Are you pro or con the name Quest 64 as a title? You good know, name or great name for a uh, game? Oh, oh, oh we're, those are the choices between good and great? No. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go with good, if good means bad. If those are the two options. <laughs> no, you're supposed to be pro. Okay. Oh, so, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm pro. I'm pro. I'm pro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great name. Obviously, Quest 64. It just cuts right to the chase. You pick up this game and you know exactly what you're in for. But it's so it's so horribly generic, Steve. Like, oh, I would disagree. You, oh, how? Elaborate. It starts with a Q. It's one of three games on the N64 that starts with a Q. And it's on one of, uh, like, four or five actual RPGs on the N64. One of, uh, I mean, if we count Hybrid Heaven, we're saying five. But okay. if, uh, we, we should don't, definitely count, count Hybrid Heaven. Just to pad out the numbers. Um, well, I think that Actually, I'm kind of secretly, I already reneged on my position. Yeah. I'm secretly kind of pro. Okay, I'm secretly very anti. Okay. So. We, we clearly chose the wrong roles. It's just such a, I don't know, it's so painfully generic it's as a so name. It's so lazy. I, I think this, this is the first game we played that, like, they lost me before we ever even started. Like, <laughs> would they lose me with the title right away? It's Quest 64. Okay, so... Every other country gets better names than we do. Yeah, so what in, would, tell us the other the other in names. In Japan, the title is El Tail Monsters. El Tail, okay. El Tail, not El Tail, which will make sense later. Because, but uh, and in Europe and uh, uh, Oceania or whatever, it's holy. What is it? Holy Magic. Holy Century. Magic Century, holy which magic is really Century. weird because that sounds like a super weird translation. It I mean, like I a guess that's what prog it, rock band to me. I don't holy know. Magic. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's something by King Crimson or something. Yeah, right exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it, so they lose me right off the bat. And then looking into it, I'm like, all right, so your main character's name is Brian. Yeah, I know. I love that, too. You just, you just play as Brian, who's just he, – he, he's this kid. He wears blue. He's got a red cape and some little alfalfa or Tintin-like yeah. – 
Top like, a, like a cowlick, yeah. Um, that's that's the extent of your and character. The country it's it's supposed to be kind of uh, Irish inspired, and it's called Celtland. Like uh, that's like calling America Cheeseburger World. You know, it's like it, it, no, there's no. no there's no intro movie or anything. There's no like uh, dark prophecy that sort of sets this scene. You just Nothing. start and. Um, the, king, the the grand abbot is talking to you, being like, "Oh, you're going on an adventure to find your dad who disappeared. Have fun!" And then the game starts. There's... I mean, okay, come come up. I'm going to challenge you right now. Okay. Come up with a better name for the protagonist than what sounds like your CPA. Uh, Todd. Todd is already a little better. That's it's more of a frat, but but Todd more... with a T O D D E. Yeah. How it's about a... um, Yosarian. Yossarian, great. That's yeah. perfect. I mean, I think that's like a real Armenian name, but still, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, it's exotic. And um, maybe Brian is exotic to like the Japanese developers of this. Like maybe that well, maybe sounded very uh, mystical and sounded like a uh, heroic name, but you know. Wallace. Like, what about Wallace? Wallace is better. I was thinking Gigantor. <laughs> okay, because sure. Because like, you know, ironic, you know, it's a nice ironic juxtaposition of the one foot tall character you're running around as. Eldor. Eldor, yeah. Eldorf, Eldorf. I like Eldorf, that. I like that. That's uh, that's uh, from that Tim Conway video where he teaches Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah, <okay>. that's, <laughs> that's that's for the before my time. The four people out there who yeah. recognize it. All right, let's let's dig into the stats of this game a little bit. This was uh, released June first, nineteen ninety eight. Published by THQ, developed by Imagineer. We we met THQ just last week with the Scooby Doo Classic Creep oh, Capers. Yeah, classic indeed. I was nostalgic for that game playing this. Oh game. man. I was like, man, I wish I could go back and play more Scooby-Doo. Uh, Imagineer we last crossed paths with uh, in our second episode. They did Fighter's Destiny. The first oh. one, not the second one. So, wow. Uh, that yeah. game that game was very competent. That was a quality game. Uh, it turns out Imagineer was actually a pretty prolific developer for the N64 in Japan, at least. They released about four or five okay. games to the system here, mostly racing. And they're still around. They've, so they were uh, a Japanese developer, huh? They're almost exclusively Japanese, and uh, they've downgraded a lot. They're not doing console games anymore. They just release uh, telephone apps now. So, okay. But they're still it's, around. They're still, still there. It's weird. it's weird that this came out of a Japanese developer, because this kind of felt like it came out of, like, I don't know. I would have thought, like, some country who, like, has no experience making video. Like, I could see this, like, coming out of, like, a French or an Italian developer, sure, or like an Irish developer who's like, we we didn't never like the last game we got was Dragon Warrior, yeah. So we just based this off Dragon Warrior, but like, see, and I was gonna make fun of, uh, I was gonna say like Eastern European teams, but there's yeah. a lot of Eastern European developers now that are really good. Like yeah. they did uh, The Witcher yeah. and all those series. So uh, Crow Team is like from Croatia, I think. So you know, you can't even make fun of that. But yeah, it does feel like like a really basic, like maybe this was a, a, a project for, a senior project for Full Sail University or yeah, some online that. school. It's very weak. But so a little background about the, you know, the climate. And we've gone over this a little bit in our very first episode a long time ago. But uh, the climate at this time in the gaming world was very centered on Japanese RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII had broken in 1997, so it, it was a huge, huge hit. And all of a sudden, the demand was just skyrocketing for these games. And unfortunately, the two biggest developers of quality RPGs at the time were uh, Square and Enix, mm-hmm. well, later to become Square Enix. Yeah. But they both have locked into exclusive PlayStation contracts. Yeah, and, and so there was just there was a ton. I mean, everyone knows if you want to play quality RPGs 
you would go out in the PS1, you would have like three Final Fantasy games on it. Uh, oh, yeah. Xenogears, Vagrant Story. Yeah, the PS1... They're releasing them, like, all the time. It has it, yeah. at least probably 20 RPGs yeah. that are great. That are worth playing, yeah, absolutely. Um, and as discussed, the N64 has five. Five. That yeah. are not... Charitably five. And debatable if any of them are worth... Well, no, we know at least one are worth, worth playing. Yeah. We'll get to that later, but... So... Yeah, it's not I mean, Quest sixty four. It's not Quest sixty four. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you could argue that Hybrid Heaven is worth playing, but it, again, that's a very loose definition. It's hard to say with that one. Well, what do you think makes an RPG an RPG? That's like, the tricky thing. I mean, because this one kind of eschews a lot of those as well. Like normally, you think of, uh, you know, you you battle monsters to level up. Uh, you collect money and items, and you interact yeah, with we'll, NPCs. You let, build let's your resume party. this conversation as we'll we get, get back more to the that, game, cause... but. All right, so, uh, yeah, it, it was RPG fever uh, over here, and everybody was kind of keeping an eye on N64, like, wondering when they're going to get their RPG. So N64 players at the time didn't have anything to go with. So THQ answered that call with Quest 64. And they, they answered clearly, it with a quiet whimper. They clearly rushed this out to market, but it was still being followed very closely, and uh, this sold quite well, actually. It sold about half a million copies. Because it was the only game in town. If you're a Nintendo kid at that back in the day, if you don't have multiple systems, this is what you had. This is what you were stuck with. Um, so I don't know the the game sold well. Like I said, about half a million units, but the critical and commercial response was fairly lukewarm. Uh, so it just it didn't really develop any kind of a following. And then uh, it was pretty much still the only option for a long time for RPGs. So you get. And as far as traditional RPGs go, it's one of only, like, three. Two. Uh, three. You could argue there's three. This, three. There's one called Iden Chronicles, the right. first mage. Oh, and we and then Ogre Battle. Well, okay, see, uh, Ogre Battle is more of a tactics-based system. So if you're just looking uh, for, like, traditional okay. overworld scrolling. And then there's Paper Mario, but that, that had... That's its own weird it's thing. It's its own thing. It's kind of a hybrid platformer RPG. Like, I definitely count mm. it as an RPG. Oh, yeah. But it's, def- it's its own weird thing, like you said. It's its own awesome thing. And Aiden Chronicles, or whatever, Aiden, Aiden, whatever, however it's pronounced, that came out at the very, very tail end of the system's life cycle. It came oh, out in 2001. Okay. It was, the system was dead by the time that game came okay. out. So this is what you were stuck with for a long wow. time. Yeah, that's that's um, that's depressing. And uh, yeah, so the, yeah, this is just all you had, and I think they just kind of gave up on it. I think most developers just realized they couldn't really get the scope and the ambition that they wanted. I uh, guess when I think of the reason, because like there were some fantastic RPGs for Super Nintendo, I would say it's it was certainly comparable to PS One. Oh, absolutely, quality. My, pro- but, arguably, my favorite game. Well, my two favorite games of all time are on Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's Super Metroid and Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, I love Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, That's my pretty very much favorite. my favorite yeah, game. Too. Absolutely. Um, look, we found something in common. Finally, <laughs> I know. Did it take twenty-two episodes. Yeah, exactly. Episodes? Yeah. Um, no, I feel like the thing that made the PS1 RPGs so popular mm-hmm. was the cutscenes. And that was the thing that blew people's mind when Final Fantasy VII came out. Is like, oh man, there's these amazing looking cutscenes. Yeah. And, you know, because the gameplay hadn't changed a whole lot from the Super Nintendo stuff. No, not terribly. Um, and I think, so that's what other developers trying to get. We're like, oh, we need these giant cinematic cutscenes and this epic scope. And I think that it's perfectly, they would be perfectly competent to do a fine RPG on the Nintendo 64. Sure. But that wasn't matching what they thought made an RPG. Like, yeah. The thing that sort of made an RPG at this time was a big cinematic scope, not like quality gameplay. And Quest and 64, the- I would say, is like 
as far from cinematic as you can get. Yeah. Like, so let's like, let, okay, we'll, okay. We'll yeah. we'll dig into that. Yeah. We'll dig into that. So again, like I, I got to keep harping on the title because I feel like <laughs> this is this is like a step behind calling your game adventure, like right. they did back. Which they had Atari an excuse because that game from nineteen seventy five. It was the first of its kind, and it was very vague. Like yeah. you know, yeah. So that's well, all fine you play is vague. a square. You play as a square, yeah. and you rescue other squares and a key shape. And it's way more gripping than this. Yeah, uh, but even from like a strictly from like a SEO standpoint, this game's a nightmare. Like it's one one of the few games where the sixty four is absolutely necessary. So as an experiment, I went onto Google. And I just typed in Quest yes. without the 64 sure. to see how long it would take me to get to the actual to this actual game. And I gave up after 20 pages. Oh, my gosh. The, so, things, and the things you do for this podcast. For most people, as you know, if, if you have to go more than the first Two, page of yeah, Google, then it's dead. It. Yeah, there's no reason. So the, the 64 was 100% necessary on this. It made me – I don't know. I mean, but the thing that's so interesting about it is despite how, like, horribly generic the name is, it still, like, sticks in your head. Yeah. Like when you say Quest sixty four, I know what game you're talking about. Like it's much. I think it's a better title than Iden Chronicles: The First Mage. Okay, which... I mean, you could. Uh, I don't know. I I just wish there was something more to. It. I think it's just so. If the game wasn't so lazy, if the the actual gameplay sure. and the design of it wasn't so lazy, I could chalk this up to just like a, a charming little one off thing. But this to me is just it's it's endemic of the overall low quality well, that we're facing here. I feel like this game has a parallel and this is I don't mean this in a bad way cuz I'm going li- to I like the game that I'm comparing it to, but this okay. game reminds me a lot of Dragon Warrior. Okay. All um right. in the sense that I feel like it's just a super a super simplistic RPG and the name the super generic name of mm-hmm. it kind of really fits what it's doing. You sure. it, yeah, the name is so generic, but you can't accuse them of like misleading you by having cool box art and an exciting name like when you look at this cover of like dopey brian with his stick yeah and, like a very like car- made of play-doh yeah. cartoony looking dragon in the back yeah and that's that's what the game looks like that's what it, you get yeah no yeah. it's definitely what you get it made me think of um some of my favorite game names and i just like to do a little shout out here to the game with my probably the greatest title in video game history tag and um, dragon yeah <laughs> um russian attack no not russian attack mm. rush and attack yeah rush but mm, attack the uh it was i think a uh, old arcade game it came out on early computers it's called escape from the planet of the robot monsters Ooh, yeah. okay i like that, that game one. has my favorite title that's up but, there with uh, uh zombies ate my neighbors oh yeah, yeah that's another, another great, great one. one yeah when they embrace the b-movie goofiness yeah. of it uh all right so, you know and i was i was thinking about this while playing and while researching and i'm like there's a way that you can take this very generic very blank kind of world and make it interesting so to me when i was playing it i was thinking of it in like a calvin and Hobbes kind of term okay like brian is his name is brian just because he's a normal little boy yeah and this whole world is just his backyard Oh. And he, this is all in his imagination. So, like, when he's fighting dragons, he's really just fighting grasshoppers. And the plot of the game is that he's trying to find his dad, you know. So maybe it's just like, okay, his dad has been kidnapped by work, you know, and he can't come is home that, late. So that was kind of – that kind of that's a great idea. That kind of reminds me of Nino Cooney. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, where you're just kind of a regular kid and you go into this. I, I have on my shelf and I haven't played yet. I keep it's, meaning to. But. It was good. I played through the whole thing. Yeah. It, it, it's cool. It kind of, I mean, I would say it matches kind of the aesthetic of this game, but it's much better in every way. And in a very, very different way. It's similar to the the, the ideas kind of like uh, this, the more recent South Park games, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, they're, they're just playing, you know. Of course, with that, you, it's clear that they're playing and it's whole thing. But I don't know. I, I feel like 
if you want to be charitable and you want to infuse a little more imagination into this than the developers did, go that way. Yeah, route. no, this game is totally devoid of imagination. So, right, so we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn the exciting story. Yeah, this is of, one of the few games I weirdly have the manual for. I don't have the box. I have the manual. Uh, and I don't remember how I, I think, uh, Lindsay gave this to me, but yeah, anyway, so this is the, this is the, from, straight from the manual, this is the story of Quest 64, uh, and it says, the Spirit Tamer's Quest, Keltland, again, it's fucking called Keltland, <laughs> Keltland is a beautiful island, from a time beyond memory, a spirit of harmony pulses through the land, the surrounding seas are calm and inviting, and the flame of freedom burns strong among the people. This world is watched over by spirit tamers, magical guardians who hold a pact with the spirits of nature. Their powerful magical secrets are inscribed in Ella Tale's book, not El Tale, like we said for the Japanese title. Ella Tale. Uh, Ella Tales. Woo. <laughs> uh, that's, see, now I want to play DuckTales. Uh, only those worthy of becoming spirit tamers themselves are allowed to read from this sacred volume. But now an evil being has stolen the book and this, of the spirit tamers and is using it to cast deadly spells over the land strange beasts lurk in the countryside rumors of terrible happenings run through the towns citizens are edgy and fearful for the first time in a thousand years peace is shattered keltland is sinking into a dark age of chaos and misery you are brian an apprentice spirit tamer your father lord bartholomew himself a spirit tamer vanishes while trying to recover the book you vow to help him find the book restoring keltland and to its glory uh, begin your dangerous quest through uncharted lands. Travel throughout the kings of, kingdoms of Kennishire, Highland, and Carmog. Carmog. <laughs> search for clues and the power you'll need to fulfill your quest. Learn harmony for the spirits of earth, wind, fire, and water. Declare war on the evil that grips your land. Battle supernatural beasts while solving mysterious puzzles. Rescue your father and return the book to worthy hands before all of Keltland descends into chaos. So really, um, I mean, you get about a paragraph of actual plot then a little bit of like background and then just like a call the to press action. release yeah yeah then it's just okay here's what you do in this game the main the main puzzle that we were trying to solve was how to get out of that freaking town yeah and like walk back and forth this game you wouldn't think that the game would have so much trouble with a camera like a, an so rpg bad. and look like, we understand like most nintendo 64 games struggle with the camera yeah like it's a it's just a thing they were figuring it out like working with the 3d space uh, this one is just, it's bumping into the walls. Like when you get into the, your battle screen, yeah. the camera will get locked in a hill or inside a tree and you can't see what you're attacking or who's attacking you. I mean, yeah, it just seems like, because you don't need, I don't need the camera to be all that responsive. It just no. needs to sort of lower and be able to see what's going on. But it it's got this weird view work. that keeps getting stuck behind stuff. Anyway. So the game begins. Yes. You're talking to the Grand Abbot in some... And we should mention, they just drop you right in. You don't no, get credits. No, it's exactly the same as dra- the beginning of Dragon Warrior. It's I think blink, that whoever yeah. designed this game, literally the last RPG they had played was Dragon Warrior for the NES. Yeah. And they're like, that's what RPGs are. This is how it works. Um, and so, yeah, you just start. You're talking to the Grand Abbot. And he's like, go out on your quest, Brian. And away you go. Yeah. And the first three rooms you go in are empty empty rooms you you go out the door you walk down some stairs um way go, too many stairs way by the way you have to go stairs. down like three flights of these stairs and that that's like right from the bat they're setting the tone that like this game is too big yeah like it's too big and it's too empty there's a bunch of rooms this drove me nuts i hate this in games where there's a bunch of rooms where you open the door and you'll go in and there's nothing in the room there's no one to talk to there's no chest to open there's nothing to interact with no secrets no anything and it's it's just 
not only is it super annoying, but it encourages you to not go into other rooms because you're like, oh, there's not going to be anything in there. I'm not going to bother with it. And so why are all these rooms there? It, Yeah, I mean, we're yeah. just going to keep coming back to, like, this game clearly was put out very quickly and someone it, it feels like you're playtesting like you're walking through like a dev model of a game and just like exploring mm-hmm. these like, we'll add, it's like oh yeah we'll put people in later <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and yeah so you wander around this huge cavernous castle you run into like maybe three people who just give you some generic advice mm-hmm. one guy in the kitchen gives you some bread which will heal you up and then you just set out into the world and you get like you go the music is like it changes from I, I described it when we were playing as, like, somebody falling asleep on their church organ. Yeah, in the castle. And then when you go outside, it's just, like, repetitive circus music. Yeah, it's, I mean, it kind of, it's, it's like, again, the music feels like, yeah, we'll just put in, just put in some, like, adventure music yeah. here. Like, we'll put in the real music later. Mm-hmm. And, like, but and then they forgot to actually put in the real music and just kind of left with this super generic fantasy music. But yeah, this game, it's just amazing the level of genericness that this game achieves. Yeah. Like... Yeah. No, it's, it's astounding. It, yeah. It's uh, it's so basic. And uh, So, okay, we there's a little town just outside the castle. You eventually... It, it takes a long-ass time to walk down the path. Yeah, yeah. It's this empty path. It uh, takes yeah. about two minutes to walk from the castle down this path. And I don't know why they... I, I think they no just enemies, made it so big there. just to kind of give the sense of an epic scope, but it's just... it's empty it's almost like a like an early version of shadow of the colossus or something except that's supposed to be desolate and lonely and foreboding and this is not this game looks okay um it looks fine i like i like the bright colors and and the design but yeah again it's so bland and so empty that like there's not that much to look at so we once you leave the town you get into your first battles and again like I said, with the anti-cinematic sense of this, there's no uh, cutscene. There's no like little flash. There's no anything to indicate that you're getting into a battle. It's just boom, you're in a battle. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there's no enemies on the map. You don't see them. You don't see them. Ahead, you can't so, avoid them. Yeah. The, every again, everything is just sparse and empty. Uh, so if you stumble into a battle, boom, you're just there, and all of a sudden they don't walk you through or give you a tutorial or anything. You're just you're surrounded by a little kind of octagonal grid, mm-hmm. uh, and you just you can walk around in it. That that represents the extent of your walking range yeah uh so if you're in there you can use one of your ranged attacks which is like your elemental you have so the gimmick behind this game i would say the one aspect of this game's mechanics are you have four elements at your control you're an Mm -hmm. apprentice wizard so you can shoot fire you can shoot water you can shoot wind or you can do rock or earth and so you Use a C button to pick which one of those you want to do, and you mm. start with one spell in each. So if you do earth, you throw this big rock, fire, you shoot a fireball. The best one is the earth, wind, and fire attack. Which <laughs> it makes your opponent remember the 21st night of September, yeah. which is really effective. It's devastating. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. But a boom. Yeah, no, that was. I need a hype man. I need Paul Schaefer over here laughing at my stupid shit. No, that was, that was, that was, <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, the point is, you, uh, you shoot from a distance, and as it's a real-time battle thing where yeah. after you move, your opponent will move, and then they'll shoot magic at you or whatever. Once you get close enough to them, you can whack them with your stick. Uh-huh. Um, and I just really found it humorous that you're supposed to be this 
um, magical wizard, and far and away through the time we played, the stick was by far the best way to fight. Oh, absolutely. It dealt more damage and it missed less. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And this game has a very weird leveling system. I mean, I guess it's not that weird. It's kind of similar to what Skyrim does, just not as well, uh, in that, like, the more of something you use, the better it'll go. You know, so in Skyrim, if you want to increase your sneak, your your stealth, you just walk around in, like, crouching mode for a long time until your stealth is really good. Not that Skyrim does it perfectly. No, no, no. It's not a perfect game, but... uh, so in this one, if you want to increase your MP, you, you use magic spells. spells a lot, which is, uh, there's no hindrance on this because anytime you leave a battle, all your MP is back. Yeah. Uh, your health doesn't come back, but your MP comes back every single time. Randomly. So yeah, to increase your defense, you get hit. Yeah. To increase your agility, I'm assuming your opponent misses you. Yeah. And, and then, to increase your HP, you hit people with your stick. Yeah. Which I don't know what that connection is. You just, you, but, you, if you're close enough to hit somebody with a stick, you feel better. I think it's just the, the general. It's the joy of human, this game is human very and stick touch. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's also very stats. annoying when you're when you're in battle. So you your A button is what's doing most of this. You know, so all of your elemental skills are mapped to the C buttons. You know, up C is your fire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but A button controls everything else. So uh, you need to see the little stick icon up here above your enemy. Uh-huh. Uh, to hit them. Otherwise, if you just press A, you're going to just end your turn. And then your enemy and will attack you. you're going to die, yeah. So it's kind of a clunky system. Yeah. I mean, it was... I will say I, I enjoy that you can level up your spells by using them more, and we did... And you could also level them up by finding little floating sperms. Like Yeah, the it's very little, strange like ga- gas floating out yeah, of the it's ground. Yeah, this little white like spirit or something, but it looked very seminal. It looked like just a little wriggling <laughs> sperm crawling up a tree. But you find those around and you can add to your um, uh, stat. Yeah, so you, you pick can... one element to level up. So you're like, yeah. I want to level up my fire. And then eventually you get fireball level two. And then we're assuming that you would get like eventually some different fire spell. Or I know when you level up uh, water, you get heal eventually. Yeah. Wow. And uh, each element can level up to 50, is that right? Yeah, like and 50. there's also, there did seem to be like a slight uh, Pokemon type thing going on. Like yeah. uh, if you fight the Hellhounds and hit them with water, uh, it's going to do more damage to them. But and This also, I mean, again, with a tangent on this, but like there was this period in time, like I was really anti-RPG. Like mm-hmm. all my friends were super into it and I just thought it was so boring because... Yeah. Of the random battles. Yeah. Like, the, the, you know, you just walk around and then boom, something attacks you and that's slowing down your progress. This game is so bad about that. Like, <laughs> it used to be before this, the worst offender of this I could remember was Skies of Arcadia okay, on the Dreamcast. Which is a good game if you can get yeah. past that. But uh, this is so much worse. It's like every couple of steps, something is jumping out at you and you're just kind of thrust into this battle without meaning to. Uh, you don't get that many healing items right off the bat. So, like... And there's no way to avoid battle or escape battle. So you're just kind of stuck. Uh, and if you die, then you get sent back to the last inn you checked in at. And uh, we get... didn't know that the first time, so we got sent back to the very beginning. And we had to walk all the way down, down all those stairs, stairs again and down and through all those empty rooms. And yeah. Well, let's here. Let's do a little Q&A, Steve. Okay. What, what would you say? Do you, what, What's something you enjoy about an RPG? Because you like RPGs now. Sure. So I like, like RPGs now, yeah. Well, 
Na- so, name an aspect of an RPG you think is fun. Now like, I like uh, the big, epic, involving stories. Okay, well, great. Well, we've taken, we've removed that from Quest 64. You don't That's have gone. to worry sure. about that. Um, what's another thing you enjoy in RPGs? You know what? I like engaging worlds that feel very lived in and very, uh, uh, very realistic. Okay, yeah, no problem. So sure, um, we, we've cut that out of Quest 64. Oh, okay, we, so we're just, we're trimming the fat. Yes. Yeah, um, okay. Well, one thing I really enjoy in mm, RPGs mm. is um, lots of items and customization so you can really um, strategize. Sure your character equip different weapons yeah not yeah, yeah. Um, oh good good news though oh, that's okay. gone that's oh, gone we cut that great. out so are there any weapons that i can equip there are not there's a stick you, oh, get, you get your magical stick um you know you know what else is great is uh the rich cast of characters oh yeah getting more people in yeah, your party yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. loves that oh, absolutely except for quest 64 players we've decided oh, that, is that they, gone? they don't need that that's gone oh, okay yeah. okay okay so uh what we've are we just, left with what um we're left with a with a dude in a cape okay and he has got a stick and he can shoot a fireball. I think we're good. Yeah, I think no, we're that's, good. That's I mean, those kids like that Gandalf, and that's basically all he is, yeah. right? I felt like what this game really needed was some sort of magical combination system. Oh, where yeah. Where you yeah, can, yeah. like, combine your wind and fire to make, like, flaming winds, which I just realized is the equivalent of farting on a match. Flaming farts, sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That also would have made the game more interesting. Absolutely. Again, um, with the South Park, that's an actual attack in that yeah, game. Yeah, this game has no money in it yeah no which money i never played a rpg with no money um yeah if you go into an inn they'll just give you free bread they'll let you stay in their rooms for free because you know this is some kind of socialist paradise apparently and i'm you know yeah fine um, i'm kidding yeah and the, there's no there's no items the level up system there's no stat to choose aside from the specific element you level i i i have never played a more dumbed down RPG than this. This is it's, very like baby town shenanigans. It's very it's, it basic. Kind of, it reminds me of. Uh, did you ever play the game Final Fantasy Mystic Quest? No. Or there was a whole thing kind of around in on Nintendo consoles. I would say there's this narrative of Nintendo constantly underestimating. Um, Western audiences' ability to understand how RPGs work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're like. I mean, that was the whole origin of the Final Fantasy crazy naming scheme and, like, difficulty changes and stuff. They're like, oh, people won't get that you don't control your character directly and you have to choose an option. Like, we need to, like, make this way simpler on them. And so they they came out with this game, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which was just a super dumbed-down Final Fantasy. But the thing that was really weird about it is it came out after Final Fantasy 2 slash 4, which had already been a big hit. Yeah. Like, yeah, had and a lot so, of followers, yeah. It w- and so it's like, so, like why they get you- it. And so somehow, yeah, for Quest 64, it felt like, oh. It's even dumber, This yeah. is a new audience who has never played RPGs on the Nintendo 64. They're going to need to get totally reminded on what an RPG is and how it works. Well, at least and, they kept the epic length in place. You know, when you when you play oh, an RPG, yeah. you really want to. That's another thing I want. I want to get forty hours in there. You Steve. want to I commit. Wanna, you want to commit. I want um, lots of side quests. Yeah, yeah. I want um, yeah, yeah, lots of different areas, mini bosses. Yeah, you and, don't get that here. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You get you get. Uh, I think I read between eight and ten hours. Oh well, that's is, like that's like Splinter Cell length, Steve. It's like if I wanted to play Splinter Cell, I'd play Splinter Cell. Maybe less, maybe less. And this is exactly like Splinter Cell in every other way too. So I think uh, also yeah. better name for the main character, Sam Fisher. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Even yeah, even that. Uh, do we have too much more? To, I've got, I want to move on to some other stuff. But do you have anything more about the gameplay you want to dig into? Because I mean, we we kind of petered out. We tried to go find this like evil robber. 
uh, out in the forest so we could get something back for the king of this oh yeah wait i want to complain about one more thing yeah because the um it doesn't go into a different screen when you fight an enemy yeah um once you leave it's really once you beat the enemy it's really easy to get turned around on the yeah. camera and since everything looks the same i was really worried we were just running back the other way and there's no mini map on the screen or See, anything and this is something you've talked about before like this is a stro- like with the scooby-doo game last yeah. week like this is a this is a thing for you and it's not normally for me but it was definitely a thing in this yeah. like because everything looks the same and you don't have a mini map and you don't have any way of navigating except to press pause and look at the overworld map which is very basic yeah we went into the forest and we got lost in the forest i'm like steve look at the map in the forest and then it just goes to the overworld map saying you're in the forest yeah it's like great thanks game so uh like we said this game was a pretty big seller and so there was a sequel in development for this and i found an ign article brian strikes back (laughs) no brian no brian now uh so the sequel uh they didn't have any screenshots or anything from it but they did say that uh they have a title and uh We've seen the level of the creativity that yeah. goes forth in this game. Can you guess the title? Quest 64 2. Very close. Just Quest 2. They oh. dropped the 64. So Quest... now it's even worse for the SEO. Quest 2 the 64. Quest 2 the 64th power. Yeah. Uh, so now there are two new main characters, Leon and Sophia. And the game was meant to be longer and more challenging because that was like the immediate and like constant critique of this game is that it's too short, too easy. They even like the, the Japanese version, the, the American version came out first. Uh, and the Japanese version came out about a year later, and that version's harder, and they have more side quests, and they have more options. Okay. So they got the better version of this. I mean, I mean better is all... Better, I mean, is, better, but like... Yeah, better, but better, yeah. Uh, <laughs> better, but who gives a shit? So like. it, the, the second game was going to be longer and more challenging, and you were also going to have a special mount called the Guardian, which is like this big stone golem thing that you could ride across oh, the open world. That sounds cool. Which would be great, because yeah. the, the trekking across the world is really sluggish and slow. Uh, and, you know, there was a little bit of difference, like the Sophia character was more of a sword fighter and Leon was more of a magic user. So it sounded like a little more balanced, but it was just kind of unceremoniously canned. Uh, they never released any screenshots from it. There's no ROMs in existence. It's just dead. There were, however, two sequels to this on the Game Boy Color, uh, insanely enough. And those were developed by Sunsoft, who's one of my favorite, like, old school developers. Okay. They did, like, the Batman NES game and, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of other cool stuff. Blaster I was Master. super obsessed I just want to talk about in the Bat- early Batman games, yeah. his wall jump. Yeah. Like the ability that like blew my fucking mind. That was like kid. so revolutionary. I know. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you get to jump off the wall and like bounce back and forth. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I a- couldn't get the hang of it when I was a kid. I was really young when that came out. So like I couldn't get the hang of the system. You know, now I can play it, but you know, barely. <laughs> but the, the two Game Boy Color games are called Quest Brian's Journey, which was more of like a Zelda clone. It was like a top-down... If you look okay. at screenshots, it looks a lot like uh, Link's Awakening yeah. on the Game Boy. And then there was called, one called Quest Fantasy Challenge, which is like a maze game. And so you put screenshots of that next to this arcade game called Mr. Do, and it's identical. And Mr. Do, for those who don't remember crappy games from the 80s, is... <laughs> A direct ripoff of Dig Dug. Okay. So this is just Quest Dig Dug. I always got confused. Um, I always got Mr. Do and Mr. No confused, even though one of them is a James Bond movie. Oh, that's Dr. No. Dr. No. Oh, okay. He got his doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's been Quest 64. This one's pretty terrible. We forgot to go over the rankings before recording, which we've been trying to do, but we'll do this real quick. So uh, for new listeners, we go through each week and we are trying to rate all the games as we play them. Uh, Currently, we have 35 games that we've played on this system. Uh, So we're going to try and figure out where Quest 64 ranks. So currently, my number one game is Banjo-Kazooie. 
My number 35 game is Vigilante 8 Second Offense. For Woody, his number one game is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. His very bottom game is Super Bowling. So where do you think this one goes for you? All right. Um, I'm I'm probably putting this too high, but oh, no. I'm going to put this above Castlevania. Wow, so that's your new number 21 um, game. Which is still, you know, not good by any means. It's lower. But, again, I'm just going to say this again. I have a really fond memories of Dragon Warrior okay. as a game. Um, even though the core mechanics of it are intrinsically shitty, yeah. it's based around just running around and grinding uh, en- enemies to level up. Yeah. Not like grinding like you're in the club, grinding on Not enemies. Magic Mike style, yeah. Magic User. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I've uh, there's something. It's just like the barest of bones RPG, and I kind of appreciate the super dumb simplicity. It's like imagine that I just lived a depressing life that I needed to fill time every day. Sure. Um, like this is the kind of thing that I could see me whiling away my life playing Quest sixty four, um, and you know being sad about it. But at least I'd be like, well. I was leveling up my magic the whole time. It, it, it's not yeah. It's not frustrating the way a lot of games that are under it. It's not... It's it's bad, but it's more bad because there's nothing there. Not so much that the mechanics are broken. <laughs> I no. mean, I, I would agree with that. I disagree with the frustration levels. I was way frustrated with this game. Like, I don't know, just because there's... This game is just overflowing with missed opportunities yeah. like with there were there were chances here like i said yeah the combat system it's not great but it's not the worst i've no. seen you know and it, it's functional and you know i like that you can level up your magic and everything like that uh so because of this complete lack of uh uh ambition or insight or anything this is my new number 28 game which is between where that's between brunswick circuit pro bowling and above war gods okay so yeah it's pretty low for me uh it's it's just so bland. Yeah. It's so so bland, and it's there's potential for it's so much. It's just impressively more. bland, Steve. It's, it's it is not impressive. easy to make something so bland. It's impressive, uh, but it, it's just no. It's the wrong kind of bland for me. It's not the good kind of bland. Yeah. It's yeah. not like cottage cheese bland. No, it's no, like... no. It's it's like I don't know. It's like David Spade bland. It's it's the bad kind. <laughs> All right, know. this is the new Blando meter on one side <laughs> is cottage, cottage cheese, the other David side is David Spade. <laughs> I don't know why I feel any no, rip I, on David Spade. No, it's okay. he's, he's done nothing to me. Uh, all right. Well, so, not yet. Not until he listens to this podcast. Now he's going to come after me. Yeah. But you know what? I hope he is listening because I have an exciting announcement for our listeners right now. So, so David Spade, David get ready Spade, to listen, enter. You get ready because uh, you're a part of this. So uh, we're coming up on our 25th episode, which is Holy cow. pretty great. Like, you know, it, it's, it's gone by so quickly. Uh, and so as kind of a special treat for listeners, with people who've stuck with it this long, we want to give you don't, all You don't have listeners, to have stuck with it this long. It's you don't have your to. first episode. You can still participate. Yeah, come back. Anybody can come back in, you know. Uh, so we want to give you guys a chance to pick what we play on our 25th episode. So uh, I've pulled Twitter and Facebook and just talked to people I know who listen to the show. And I asked them about what games they would most like to hear from, like, kind of the bottom half of our list here you know games that we aren't going to be getting to for a while well, we already played quest 64 what else what else do people somebody want from did us? actually <laughs> request quest 64 i just told him just wait a week just wait a week uh so 
I've compiled a list of 10 games okay. from these selections uh, that people are going to play. So you're going to notice a couple of high-profile titles are not on here. GoldenEye, Super Mario mm-hmm. 64, Star Fox. And that's either because they're already coming up naturally within the next couple of episodes, hint, hint. <laughs> or uh, we have some special plans for them that we're, that we're sitting on for, for reasons to be announced. Well, I'm excited to listen to those episodes. They sound great. Yeah, exactly. So, we, yeah, we try to focus on games that are coming up later. And this is the list of 10 right, that we I'm came ready. up with. So the most requested games, and there's some weird ones. These are not the ones you would expect. <laughs> okay. Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Buck Bumble. Okay. Superman 64, Beetle Adventure Racing, Wayne Gretzky Hockey, Paper Mario, South Park, Star Wars Pod Racer, and Mystical Ninja. That's a very strange selection. This is, of games. This is a good, good, good selection. Is that South Park game? Is that that's the one that's like the Golden Eye? That's the first right? person shooter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not sure. the not the racing one. No, or the Mario Party clone. Yeah. So there's three South Park games that we're but this is the this one's just called South Park and it's like the uh, first person shooter. Well, this sounds great, Steve. I want to go and vote on uh, Buck Bumble. Um, well, good news. Yeah. There's a place where you can go, and I'm going to allow you to vote. Why not? I'll vote too. Uh, so go to ultra64podcast.com. I'm going to have a poll up there. I'm going to pin it to the top of the page. It's going to be up from April 1st to April 14th. Uh, and we're going to announce the winner on our show on April 15th. Uh, so that gives you guys a good amount of time. Go in there, cast a couple votes, tell your people to cast. I'm not going to count how many times you vote. You can game the system. I don't care. <laughs> so get in there and vote and tell us what you want us to play. And then on our 25th episode... In uh, just a couple of weeks, we're going to play that game. All right. Well, that sounds great, Steve. It does sound great. Uh, so everybody, ultra64podcast.com. Go on to there. And uh, while you're there, hey, you can also send us an email, ultra64podcast at gmail.com. You can visit our Twitter at ultra64podcast. You can do all kinds of cool stuff there. Look at our pictures. Look at our different stuff that's on there. You know, you can do a lot. Uh, so in the meantime, you can, um, you can search for quest and see how many pages it takes to get many, there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> then you than, can report back what you can I, start at 20. You can start at 20. You're done the first that. leg. Start at 20. Keep going. See yeah. how far it takes you. I don't know. Uh, I will also add as just an additional, this is going to come way late by the time this is already out. But uh, this weekend is our own co-distinguished co-host's birthday, so happy birthday to you, Woody. Yeah, thank you. I'm, and, uh, I'm getting old. Oh, it's pretty great being I, old. Oh, good. Thank you. Oh, That's yeah, good no, to hear no, from an oldie get, like yourself. You get, you get better and better, and your knees get worse and worse. It's great. <laughs> All right, everybody. So tune in next week. We are going to be playing... Uh, what are we going to be yeah, playing? Yeah, what are we going to be Let playing, Let me double-check this, because I think I know what it I th- is. Is it Fighting Force 64? No, but that's coming up. That's pretty. That's closer than you may think. <laughs> yeah. We I'm... are playing Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals. That's the whole title. But Okay, yes. new debate. Transformers Beast Wars Transmetal, better title than Quest 64? Because I'm going to say worse. I'm going to say worse on that, too. I'm going to say worse on that, too. You can't have two, like, trans-suffix words in the same title. That's just kind of repetitive. Hey, don't be transphobic, Steve. (laughs) All right. I hope we've gotten that out of the way now. We can rip that (laughs) band-aid. I feel like we need a separate list of uh, the best 
titles on the N64 games, because I think we'd be surprised how many games show up lower than Quest 64. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would actually, you know, you could tweet at us about that. What, t- what titles are worse? Not, for, not just for this, for any video game. Yeah, and tweet more quality titles. Can anything be better than Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters? I believe it. I believe it. All right, well, I want to see well, hit, it. Hit us up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we are going to go out on some kind of... Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Where you go out and you you like adventure and uh, stuff? Sojourn. Uh, Voyage. No shit. What uh, is it? Trek. Um, no. Um, Starts with a queef. We're gonna go on a queef. All right. All right, everybody. We're going forth on a queef. Goodbye. Quest. Oh shit. No. Okay. Yeah. Search, hunt, expedition, journey, voyage, trek, exploration, search, adventure, travel, odyssey, crusade, mission, pilgrimage. That, that thesaurus app is paying for itself. Yeah.